What's good, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast here on this opening weekend of the month of June, the year 2022, as we discuss what's going on as far as the world of sports is concerned. I'll open things up here at the top with the uh, game one of the 2022 NBA Finals between the Boston Celtics and Golden State Warriors as we look ahead to game two coming up on Sunday night. Joe Girardi got the pink slip, the former manager of the Philadelphia Phillies on Friday morning. I will give you my two cents on that. Now he got absolutely jobbed uh, with that whole uh, process up in the city of uh, not-so-brotherly love in Joe's case. The Angels are in free fall, losers of 10 games in a row and going nowhere fast. What else is new? And, of course, the uh, sadly, the uh, New York Yankees are the best team in the American League. I will touch on them a little bit later on in the program. But where we will begin is where we have begun for, the major- for about the last month and a half uh, as far with the show in the opening monologue, and that is with the NBA playoffs and specifically the NBA finals as the Boston Celtics somehow, some way, uh, put together a fourth quarter for the ages, outscoring Golden State 40-16, to beating the Golden State Warriors by 12 points in game one on Thursday night by the final score of 120-108. to And the more shocking part about it is that Jason Tatum did not score a basket in the entire 40-point fourth quarter and he didn't have a and he and he wasn't he didn't have a great offensive uh, when it comes to shooting he did not have a great shooting offensive night whatsoever he was three for 17 was absolutely atrocious attempted five threes only made one of them uh when had 12 points of he had 12 points five rebounds and a steal but with it but where the uh where it paid dividends is a is the one steal that he had he did an excellent job spreading the wealth uh, with racking up uh, 13, assists on, uh, 13 assists on the night. And for those of you who love the plus-minus stat, he uh, had a plus uh, he had a plus uh, s- uh, 16 on the night. But the unsung hero for this Boston for the Boston Celtics in Game One is Al Horford. Al Horford playing in his first ever and a long a longtime NBA vet playing in his first ever NBA Finals and his first ever game of his of his short one game old uh, NBA Finals career nine of twelve from the field two nine of twelve from the field made six threes in a game attempted eight of them made six of them he, so he was phenomenal shooting from beyond uh, from, shooting from the perimeter on Thursday night had 26 points in total three assists six rebounds and a steal was absolutely sensational for Boston sensational throwing a little bit of Jalen Brown 10 of 23 10 of 23 24 points five assists seven boards on the night and uh throwing and then throw in uh white their their guard coming off the bench it's in 32 minutes of action six out of 11 from the field made five threes perfect from the free throw line 21 points three assists one rebound sensational I mean, the Boston Celtics looked like from the opening quarter 
that it was going to be one of those nights where the Golden State's back in the finals. It's been there, done that, got the t-shirt literally. They they're starting what they're starting a quote unquote new legacy in the in what is their first NBA Finals uh, appearance. Sans uh, Sans Kevin Durant back. You have to go all the way back six years ago to the 2016 Finals, which was the last NBA Finals that the Golden State Warriors played in uh, with with without Kevin Durant on the team. Of the uh, without Kevin Durant on the team, and also you know they're they're christening in, and it was kind of like the unofficial coronation of the Chase Center to the basketball world hosting its first ever NBA uh, Finals. Of course, with all those NBA Finals from 2015 to 18 played across the bay in the city of Oakland at the Oracle. Uh, at the Oracle Arena, but from the opening quarter, when Golden State outscored Boston thirty-two to twenty-eight in the first quarter, I said to myself, "You know what? It it, it it's gonna it's gonna be Golden State tonight. The shots are falling. Steph Curry is, is it can't 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 miss a jump shot. Uh, can't miss a three. This team's clicking on all cylinders." Uh, click on all cylinders. Everything's going the right way. The crowd's into it. Draymond Green's is making plays left and right. Uh, it's just gonna be going. It's gonna be Golden State tonight. And lo and behold, lo and behold, what happened? Late third quarter, fourth quarter. It was like watching a totally separate basketball game. I mean, if you're a Golden State, if you're a Golden State Warriors fan, you have to be saying to yourself over the last two days, how in the world do we blow and lose, blow that game and lose it? How like, like it was it was it's from a Golden State perspective, it is mind numbing, it is confusing, it is head scratching how you lost that game. Steph Curry was 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 automatic. Steph Curry was going to have another career night in game one this game had golden state this game had golden state 128 celtics 97 written all over it for about three quarters and give the boston celtics credit this is a scrappy tough experienced not necessarily NBA Finals experience, but playoff experience. They're a scrappy, young, outside of Al Horford, scrappy, young, mentally tough basketball team. That that that's what this team is made of, and for and I heard a lot of callers on Sports Talk Radio, and a lot of people bring this up prior to Thursday night's game. You can uh, and and it's and I I do not believe this is an overreaction to what I saw on Thursday night, but you can make the argument that the experience as far as nobody on the Celtics roster having NBA Finals experience and all the games combined on Golden State side over a hundred, you can make the argument that that is that is severely overrated because of a couple things. One, it's not like that this Celtics team was went worse to first. They weren't one of the worst teams in the NBA. The new season came along and all of a sudden, oh, hey, we're in the NBA Finals. No, 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 no. This is a team that, albeit, has not played in the NBA Finals, whether on separate teams or collectively together wearing the Celtic green and white. But they have NBA playoff experience. 
they they aren't used th- th- them playing into the month of May, mid May, late May is not a foreign concept to them or their bodies. It's they've been around for a little bit. There, there, this was something that, that that they've been working on for quite some time now. Again, whether on other teams or together. This ain't their first playoff rodeo. On top of the fact that they went through a gauntlet. As much of a gauntlet as you can go through as an NBA playoff team. And yet they and yet they made it to where they were. Honest to God, the only way the Celtics path to the to the NBA finals would would have been any tougher as if there were no conferences and they and they added an extra playoff round and they would have had to play the Phoenix Suns. That's the only way their road to winning the Eastern Conference to play Golden State on Thursday night would have been made tougher. That's that's the only way they played the Brooklyn Nets who are a sleeper team, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving you cannot under any circumstances take them lightly. They swept them. You take the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks with the best player in the world and Giannis Antetokounmpo on the team. I understand no Chris Middleton and I understand that he that 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 he was uh, was a big difference maker in that series. If Chris Middleton is healthy and plays any of those seven games in that series and especially game 7, that you know what, maybe it's the Milwaukee Bucks playing Golden State and not the Boston Celtics. But injuries are a part of the sport. And although Chris Middleton is a key factor and a key component to the Bucks to the Bucks success, he's not their best player. Giannis is. He was healthy. He played all seven games. They took they took them out and they took them out in a seven game series. And then in the conference finals, up against a battered but uh, this but the if you the the toughest task as far as mental toughness and and the same grit and fervor and I'll fight you tooth and nail scratch and claw and battle to the death to to, to win some the 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 most equal team that Boston has faced Boston has faced throughout these playoffs was the Miami Heat they are as scrappy they are just as scrappy and mentally tough as the Celtics are they had to go through them. Seven games after losing, after losing game six in their own bidding when he had to close it out, somehow put it behind him. Took that, took that dreaded flight back down south to South Beach, and took care of business against the Miami Heat on the road at American Airlines Arena. And I understand the Celtics were banged up. I understand uh, Tyler Harrell was in and out of this series. I understand Jimmy Butler essentially was running on fumes because it's, because there were many uh, points and times as the series wore on that it, that he that it was going to be the Jimmy Butler show or the Miami Heat were going to lose and didn't have a chance in how to win the game. I understand all that, but you go look at you go look at any team that has made it to. A finals, whether it's hockey, basketball, baseball with the with the World Series, or football in the Super, not only are the teams good, they catch breaks. 
As Mad Dog Russo says all the time, God plays in the games. Teams get a bat, get 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 a bounce that goes in their favor. They get a call that goes in their favor, or or an injury occurs. Something happens along the way. Golden State in their Golden State in their case, they didn't have to go through Phoenix. Dallas took them out, and no John Morant, who had who missed the rest of the who missed about the second half of the of the second round series with a bad knee. Celtics, when they played the Bucks, no Chris Middleton. Heat were were limping to the finish line. God plays in the games. But despite all of that, this is a mentally tough basketball team. That Ime Udoka can give him all the credit in the world, the sensational coaching job that he has done, and the sensational job that that team has done since the beginning of the calendar year back in January, half the year ago, six months ago, has been just nothing short of sensational. And the fact they were able to put together the fourth quarter and the and 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 put together somehow put together the win that they constructed when Jason Tatum stunk offensively was terrible. It makes it all the more crazy, shocking, and ridiculous, especially considering how that game began, where Steph Curry couldn't miss a three-pointer that he took. Al Horford, first ever NBA Finals game, plays it like it like plays it like it's his fiftieth. Ridiculous. Absolute insanity. And if you're the Golden State Warriors right now, you have to have that what you have to have what happened in game one as I drop my pen. You have to have you have to have what happened in game one, especially in the fourth. You have to and we all know that Golden State ain't ain't exactly the best defensive team in the NBA. Boston is by if you we all know. But the way that Golden State Warriors beat you is out is outscoring you. If if that that's it. They're not a, they they're not a tremendous never have been, never will be a tremendous basketball team or a bas or a championship basketball team known for their defense. They're known for their scoring. Okay? The Kansas City Chiefs when they went to back to back Super Bowls were never known for their defense. It's because they could outscore you. It's because they could go up and down the field and score touchdowns, add infinitum on you in a heartbeat. Okay, Gold State, same thing. Not because they're a great defensive team, with all due respect to Jamond Green. It's because of the it's because of the fact they can that they can drop consecutive threes in your face. You blink it before you know it. You're down 18 points. But Gold State has to have this have to have has to have the results of Thursday night's game in the back of the head for the remainder of the series. Because if they can perform it and shoot like that. With their best player essentially doing nothing but dishing out assists and scoring a fat goose egg in the fourth quarter and having a awful game shooting wise from start to finish, there's no that if I'm a Golden State fan, coach or player, that would worry me. That would make me sit up in my chair a little more during film study. That would make me perk up a little bit. 
studying the game plan. Because of because that is honesty, honestly, excuse me, that is what championship teams are made of. Championship teams know how to beat the best teams and what that 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 are, that are in front of them. They know how to beat the best teams when they when their best player doesn't perform well or doesn't perform at all. Championship teams know how to win games when their best player does doesn't exactly show up all the way. The others step up. The second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth best guys on the team, they step up and pick up the slack. And give Tatum all the credit in the world for for him having enough on court self awareness to say, you know what, today's not tonight's not my night. You know, Sunday may be, but tonight on Thursday, June second, and ain't for that reason, the ball ain't bouncing, the ball ain't falling in my way. You know what? Backup plan. Try something else. Al Horford, you be you be the one that racks up all the points, and I'll be the facilitator. Boston did that, and they, and they, and they ended up winning the game. And Steve Kerr with his with his lackadaisical fourth quarter defensive game plan. I mean, really? He goes that you just cannot have that. Losing game one is one thing. Losing game one after you guys look like you're about to put on a freaking clinic when you up double digits and then allowing to get punched in the mouth in your own building. Uh, allowing Boston outscore you forty to sixteen. The that's just straight up unacceptable from a team that's won three championships. You can't have that. Can't have it. And I told you guys earlier in the week that it was imperative for the Celtics to win at least one game, one game. At the Chase Center between games one and two. I told you guys how imperative it was that the that the ebb and flow of the series and how the series was gonna go and Boston's chances of winning an NBA championship depended on whether or not they could win a game on the road in San Francisco. It the it depended on it. The, the, it, the, it, 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 it was vital that they win that they that they that they take one of the first two games of the series and I believe if I remember correctly the the, the I, I also mentioned how if out of the first two games it was important that they that that they took the that they take the first one to send the message. And to not let Golden State get in, get into a groove that they can't get themselves and and that they that they can't get themselves out of. I'm looking right now. I believe. I believe that that was Golden Golden State's first home loss. I'm double checking and make sure I get this right. I'm double checking to make sure that I get this right. That was Golden State's 
La that was Golden State's first home loss since Wednesday, March the 30th. Double checking to make sure I got this. That, wow. Yeah, so I did get it. That was Golden on Thursday. The, the Celtics gave the Warriors their first home loss since Wednesday, March th the 30th. When they lost 107-103 to Phoenix. That was Golden State's first loss and first home loss in two months. Their first home loss in two months. The NC the NCAA we, we hadn't yet played the Final Four the last time Golden State lost a home game prior to Thursday night. Baseball season hadn't even started yet. Wow. First home loss for the Warriors in Chase Center history. First home playoff loss this, you know, this go around at this go around this year. And it's their first home loss since October, since March the 30th. Wow. And if you're Golden State you take that right hand like a champ, dust yourself off, pat yourself up, and be ready to strike back in game two with a mighty vengeance on Sunday night. And what I mean by strike back, I don't mean put together a nice quarter, quarter and a half, you know, 24 minutes of basketball. And then repeat the same damn thing and fall apart in the third and fourth quarter. No, 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 no. I, when I when I mean a, a good punch, a, a good response punch back, I mean for the full forty eight minutes, for the for the for the full game, for all four quarters, not one quarter, not one half, not two and a half quarters, not three quarters, all four. They took their foot off the gas on Thursday night, and they paid for it. And then I tell you, this is a team. Last thing, and I'll take a break and get to the baseball. This is a team that if you're Golden State, you can't, this this isn't Dallas, this isn't uh, Memphis, Sands, John Morant. This is not Denver, with Jokic flying solo. This is, and this is not the Sacramento Kings in the middle of February either. You cannot take your foot off the gas with this team. It's got to be 0 to 100, 0 to 60, and you got to mash that gas button, that gas pedal, excuse me, all the way into the final whistle. Because the moment they sense that you're easing up, they'll take advantage. We'll see if Golden State and company have learned that as we look ahead to Game 2 on Sunday night. We take a break. Just getting started. The Amitaya Like a TIS podcast will continue. On to the baseball. Back in just a moment.
Welcome back to the Amatelica TIS podcast. Switching gears now from the hardwood to the diamond. From San Francisco to Philadelphia. And that is uh, that uh, former uh, New York Yankees and now former Philadelphia Phillies manager Joe Girardi has, uh, was told on a Friday morning at around the 10 o'clock hour to take a hike. Uh, he was fired uh, over the last uh, 36 hours or or more or so ago. Uh, fired after uh, a few shorts of after a few seasons as manager with the Philadelphia Phillies. They hired him in 2020. His first year with Philadelphia was the uh, was the COVID sh- was the COVID shortened year in 2020. Got them to an 82 and 80 regular season record. In 2021, last year, the Philadelphia Phillies, at the time of his firing, were sitting, uh, twenty. We're sitting at 22 and 29, uh, double digit with a double digit deficit that they'd have to overcome uh, against um, the uh, the the uh, New York Mets, who are currently sitting pretty at first place in the National League East. They're in third place, sandwiched in between Atlanta and New York, and the Nationals who stink and the uh, and the competitive uh, Mar- Miami Marlins and he got us and he got sent out the door. Here's what I will say about Joe Girardi getting canned. My initial reaction to it was was it was it was straight BS. It was straight BS. It was straight bullcrap. And Joe Girardi got the short end of the stick. It's just, I mean, you you're not going to convince me that the reason why the that the reason why the Philadelphia Phillies have been underachieving and have and aren't and aren't currently sitting within a top two uh, spot have currently sitting in a top two spot atop their division and currently hold a playoff spot at the moment and naturally you're not going to be able to convince me that that's the fo- that that's the fault of Joe Girardi I'm sorry you just you're not going to convince me of that not when the, when Dave Dombrowski the GM you know ha- had very subpar ideas on how to fix the bullpen. Their bullpen is still just as much as a mess as it's been year in and year out. And it's 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 completely and utterly deplorable. Their bullpen stinks. Okay? Their bullpen is absolutely atrocious. It is they, they it is offensive how bad their bullpen is has been the last few seasons. Okay, their bull, their bullpen stinks. Number one. Secondly, is it Joe Girardi's fault that Bryce Harper has a has a, a, a issue, a ligament issue in his arm so where he hasn't been able to play the outfield in over in about two months? Is 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 that is that Joe Girardi's fault? That Bryce Harper, a five-tool player, all-star, league MVP, he he's only he, half of his half of his game and his skill set is compromised because he's dealing with an issue in his arm. Is is that Joe Girardi's fault? Is it Joe Girardi's fault that uh, is it Joe Girardi's fault that Kyle Schwarber can't hit his weight? 
that the start that their starting rotation and I understand that they now granted ironically enough they've won now may, now if the Phillies somehow turn around and either steal the steal division from the Mets or make the playoffs as a wild card team then maybe we can have a different conversation but I'm giving you my thoughts and my opinions before Friday and and Saturday nights uh victories against the LA Angels this is what I this this is what I, what I'm t- telling you guys right now is what I thought right then and there at the time when I got the news that he got canned. The fact of the matter of it is, is that it's it, it was his fault that it, that Aaron Nola turned into a is it his fault? Yes, that yeah yes they uh, they had uh, Zach Wheeler pitch well in the month of May, but it, is is it his fault? Schwarber can't hit his weight. That Harper that Harper is hurt and half his game is compromised, so he's got to put so and and he and he desperately needs Harper, who's one of the who, who's by far the best player on his on, on his team. That he's got to DH him, but the problem with DH him, Bryce Harper, is because you need his bat so desperately in your lineup is that you got to stick Kyle Schwarber out in the outfield, who stinks. They're not a good defensive team. Now you can now you can make the argument that. Man, that managing and leadership has a little bit something to do with it because at the end of the day, what the uh, what the hell do you do in spring training down in Clearwater, Florida, in uh in in February and March? I understand they didn't have a spring training in February because of locker, but you get the idea. And and they had a short and they had a shortened spring training. I also get that too. But still, these are these are major league ball players. You, I, I get, I get it. Maybe maybe you can say that can fall on managerial, which I'll buy. But at the end of the day, if the players don't want to get better in the field and or if the players are just not good defensive baseball players, then what else do you want Joe to do? He's not the GM, so he can't manipulate the con. What else does you want him to do? This What I got from this was the Philadelphia Phillies Hearing their fan base, you know the the fan base can't kick and scream about the 76ers. They haven't played. They haven't played in three. They haven't played in two and a half, three weeks. They can't kick and scream about the 70 and longer than that. They haven't kicked. They can't kick and scream about the 76ers. Okay, and James Harden, Ben Simmons can't kick and scream about that. The Flyers haven't played. I don't. I'm not even a hockey expert, so if the I don't even know if the Flyers are any good this year. I couldn't tell you. But they can't yell about that, and they are in a state of uh, of 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 cautious yet hopeful optimism with the Philadelphia Eagles. Still ways away from training camp when Eagles camp begins. They got a fresh new, they got a, a brand new toy for uh, for Jalen Hurts, their quarterback with AJ Brown. So they're going to be. You know, they had one of the best rushing attacks in all the football last year. Good offensive line. Oh, by the way, my guy Devonta Smith out of Alabama is a damn stud. Six foot three, six foot four, one hundred and seventy five pounds and all. God bless the living daylights out of him. Go out there and make all the all the. Uh, the the uh, us tall skinny dudes proud out there, Devonte. Uh, you got him, and then throw and then throwing a guy whose body type is the is the outside of height wise is the antithesis of Devonte Smith's body type and AJ Brown 
poach him from uh, from Tennessee and you sign a big fat new contract. But I'm getting off the beaten path. The whole point of this is that the, is that is that the Philly fan they kicked and they screamed and they called up Sports Talk Radio. And they got on Twitter and they screamed and yelled and let their voices known. And the fan base and and the, and and the Phillies found a scapegoat and threw the fans the bone. Gave the fans what they want. They sent Girardi out the door. Simple. So that that's 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 all this is. That's all it was. But where the Philly fan kind of has to check its ego at the door is that they kicked and screamed, and I was right there with you. Kicked and screamed, wanting Gabe Kapler out, and ever and here I am thinking, oh, Gabe Kapler, young manager, in over his head, doesn't know what the hell he's doing, does nothing but win, does nothing but win games. The Giants hired him to be Bruce Bochy's successor. And is and he's been Bruce Bochy 2.0. Only a matter of time until he starts racking up the championships that Bruce won. But all of a sudden, Phillies cut him loose, and Bruce Bochy goes over to San Francisco, and all he does is win. So if the same problems existed under Gabe, and the same problems existed under Girardi. Then what's the common denominator? The front office and the players that are that were that are still on the team that were on the that were on the Phillies teams from both regimes. Those are the common denominators. The players that were a part of both teams and the people up top that make the decisions, that make the calls, that sign the paychecks that that put this team together. Because if it wasn't, because if it wasn't Kapler's fault, and in my opinion, not Girardi, then who is it? The common denominator? Ownership. Front office and the players from both teams. Those are the common denominators. I understand that nobody's a hundred percent. You know, when you underachieve the way that the Phillies have, you know, not there's no one person that's a member of the coaching staff or a player on the roster that's a hundred uh, that that's a starter at least uh, that plays games that doesn't just ride the pine all day. But I understand that that that, that there's never a hundred percent innocence, or 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 you're never not culpable to a problem. Nor sh- and, and shouldn't be held culpable or accountable to a problem. But let's not act like that the reason why the Philadelphia Phillies were underachieving was because it was Joe Girardi. I understand he isn't war- he isn't the warm and fuzzy type of manager. I understand when you aren't playing well and you aren't at your best that he can kind of rub you the wrong way. I get that. Why do you think the Yankees kicked them out the door after after they had an, an impressive season bouncing back from a, from a good string of... Uh, of competitive but mediocre baseball, and they went all the way to the world, went all the way to the ALCS, and the Yankees decided to give uh, Girardi the pink slip and say adios, and replace him with Aaron Boone. I get that, but the young, he doesn't maybe gel gel as well with the young player in 2022 as he did 10 years ago in 2012. I get it, but I have it hard. But I have it. I find it hard to believe that 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 the that the that the primary that the primary source, the catalyst 
for the Phillies underachieving was because of Joe Girardi. They did finish above 500 last year for what it's worth. I mean, they, they, they did, got to be honest. I look at it as the Phillies organization finding a scapegoat and the fans kicking and screaming about Girardi because it's been a long time since 2011. Their last playoff appearance going on 11 years ago, which I believe is the... Second longest drought in the sport. I'm going through it in my head. Seattle Manor is, of course, number one. Yeah, second longest. Seattle 21, Seattle 21, 20, 21 years. The Phillies 11. The Angels with eight, and that's just off the top, and that's just, and that's just without even thinking about it, right off the top, right off the top of my head. But Joe got Joe got a raw deal. He got he he got screwed. But so far so good. It's worked out for the Phillies. They've won back to back. The team that they've won back to back against, I get to them along with the New York Yankees. This is the I'm telling you tell you podcast.
That right there is one of the best relaxing summertime songs you could ever listen to. Uh, Summer Madness by Cool and the Gang. Also sampled by uh, Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff and their summertime hit uh, titled Summertime. Another awesome, not necessarily a relaxing song, but definitely a summertime party jam that you can blast essentially from Memorial Day to Labor Day is when you, is when that song is uh, is at its finest, you know. Any single time like I'm listening to my I shuffle, you know, the song the songs I have in my playlist when well, I my playlist been in my library in the rap genre and all of a sudden summertime comes on and it's you know, middle of February, middle of March, middle of December is like I I love that song, and there are even days where I'm like I'm in the mood, not really in the mood to hear that song, but like it it's so good, like like I can't skip a good song that I that I really really love, but it's like it's not the time for it. you know you don't listen to you don't listen to summertime or or in this case cooling the gang summer madness. In you know during during the, during the fall winter or or in the spring just like you don't listen to Christmas music, uh you know you know you don't listen to Christmas music in 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 February March April May June July August September October November up drives me up a wall December up until the New Year's once New Year's all the holiday stuff says good night but anyway. That's neither here nor there. I uh, guess some somebody is going to be wishing for the new year to come along to come around sooner uh, than they uh, sooner than anticipated, and that is uh, and that's the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, who have completely hit the wall and are nose diving nowhere but downhill and towards uh, infutility fast because they are now losers of 10 games in a row. You heard that right. 10 games in a row. They are now in second place, seven and a half games back of the American West leading Houston Astros. They were once 27 and 17. They've lost 10 games in a row to even to even up their record at 500. And their run differential is all the way down to a plus 13. Heading into Saturday night's loss against the Philadelphia Phillies. Their, throughout their losing streak, they had had a negative 35 run differential and with a 6.90 ERA. And that's leading and that was leading into coming into Saturday night's seven to two loss against the Philadelphia Phillies. They are nosediving and going nowhere fast. This team is not good S- for similar reasons of why. The team that's done nothing but kick their ass the last two nights. And the fiddle for why they aren't good. Except with the Angels, you can make the argument that the Angels is worse because they supposedly have the two best players in the sport on the same team. Think about it. 
Think about in think about in any sport, any team sport, where the two best players, not one of the two best players, not a not the best player in the sport and a very good player, not a player that's the best in the sport and then the and then their teammate ranks about you know five six or seven or 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 eight nine and ten. No, no, I mean player one A and player one B. On the same team. And they struggle to win baseball games. You can't. You can't. I tell you. You can't. You can't, you can't think of a sport. You, can, you cannot think of a sport. We struggle to win. Rams. Cooper Cup. You could make the argument best offensive player in football that doesn't play. That's not a quarterback. Aaron Donald, same team. They went to the Super Bowl. In sports, typically when you have the two best players, not on the, not on their team, but within the sport, within the league that they play on the same team, odds are you're going to win games. And the Angels have not done that. And it's been a long time since I heard the Mike and AOC Yankees versus Angels ALCS. Ain't this is our year? This is our year. We're going to the World Series. We're winning it all this year. Blah blah blah. Oh, that's that's over. That that in the grand. That's ancient history. Ancient history. That is a long time ago. This team, forget the ALCS, this team ain't touching the AL wildcard. They're done. They're through. They're finished. Stick a knife through them. Give them the tap salute. Say goodnight. Sayonara hasta la vista. See ya in 2023. They're dead. They're They're done. They were, they've lost 10 games in a row. And the way that they played, especially, and I'll go back to game one, the doubleheader they played in the Bronx. You know, I try not to fall into that trap that my guy, Mad Dog Chris Russo, has a frame of reference when it comes to knocking Otani and criticizing Otani. And and not being on the Otani bandwagon as so many people within the baseball world are, whether they be writers, whether they be fellow fellow players and other other members of other members of the media, I try to I I, I try to play it you know root for them, be try to be a fan of them and 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 the and the greatness and the curiosity effect he brings and the uniqueness he brings to the sport that so desperately needs uh, a little bit of life and 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 abnormalcy uh, plugged into it, but. I got, but you you can't you can't defend it. You can't defend it, and you can't sugarcoat and dance around it, ladies and gentlemen. Shohei Otani this year has pitching and hitting. He's been bad. Okay, let's call it like we see it. He has been bad in his nine starts. He is three and four with a three point. Nine nine might as well round it up and say an ERA of four. 
He's got an ERA of four with a three and four record. Okay, in his last seven outings, he's pitched thirty nine innings with a marginal ERA of three point two three. Marginal, giving up thirty four hits. Strikeouts are up, walks are down, but giving up 14 runs, 34 hits. Man, I show hey Otani for how piss poor the Angels' bullpen is. It ain't cutting it for him to be I. I okay works if you want to go play for the Baltimore Orioles. If you want to play for... The Miami Marlins. If you want to go play for the Washington Nationals. I is good enough if you're playing on the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Arizona Diamondbacks. The Colorado Rockies. Okay. I is not good enough for a team that had playoff that has play that had playoff aspirations coming into this season. As I mentioned in the previous segment, have the third longest playoff drought in the sport with with having it been eight years since the last time they played since the last time the Angels played playoff baseball. MVP, whole nine yards, this, that, and the other, unicorn, this, unicorn, he's got to show up and play. And play well. He got ran out of the building at Yankee Stadium last July. You remember that when the when the Angels scored all when the Angels uh, when when the Yankees completely bombed and blew Otani out of the bullpen, and then the Yankees bullpen and Chapman uh, in the later innings of the game fouled up the game in the late in the later innings, and I believe gave up a Jared Walsh grand slam uh, back in uh, back in late June, early July. You remember that. Bombed and stunk up the joint in the Bronx then, and as a pitching on the on the mound, and bombed and stunk up the joint earlier in the week, a few days ago in Game One of a, of a day night doubleheader in the Bronx. You can't have that. the the Ash the the Angels, excuse me, need Shohei more to be a dominant, successful pitcher than they need him to be a dominant and successful hitter. They need him to be just as good and just as fair, 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 just as scary as a pitcher as he is in, in people's eyes as a hitter. They need him more to pitch than they need him to hit. Especially with that god-awful, embarrassing, offensive-to-the-senses bullpen that they have. And going six... Excuse me, going three innings, giving up eight hits, rocked all over the ballpark by Matt Carpenter and Aaron Judge. Four runs, giving up three homers and three innings of work is not cutting it from the American League MVP who who gets compared to Babe Ruth and who is mentioned in the same sentence and sentences as Babe Ruth. Three runs, three innings of eight hit, four run, three homers, three homers surrendered baseball is not a recipe for regular season success. I don't care what Shohei does at the plate. 
You want to get the, uh, the, 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 the fame and the praise for being the two-way player? Well, part of having, I understand it's a difficult thing and it's not, and it's not an easy thing to do, especially as a professional athlete. I get that. But at the end of the day, you want all the hype and the recognition of the fame for being a two-way player. What blows people's minds is that, you, is that you're a two-way player and you kick ass and you take names doing both. Not kick ass and take names at the plate and you're so-so I pitching. Okay, Nobody in America gives a damn about you striking out a dozen batters against the Texas Rangers or the Oakland A's in front of 500 people at the O'Coliseum in the middle of April. I'm not interested. Okay, and 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 nor is any Angel fan that hasn't that hasn't seen their favorite team play in a postseason with the best player on the sport on the damn team. They could care less too. With Trout, they could kill us too. His job is to go out there every, not every six day, not once a week, go out there and pitch, pitch and perform. Okay, you heard the tune. You got to pay, pay the piper. With great power comes great responsibility. Heaviest is the head that wears the crown. And part of the Angels' problem is, is that they baby and they coddle Otani to an absolute detriment. Otani sitting on his ass going a week without pitching is not doing you guys any freaking favors. Okay, your bullpen stinks. You need a starting pitcher. You need a workhorse that is going to eat up innings, that is going to go six, seven, eight innings every fifth day, punch out batters left and right to keep the workload as minimal as possible for your bullpen that is offensive. You need him to pitch and to pitch deep into ball games. You guys are not the Tampa Bay Rays or any of these other teams with a top-tier, top-five bullpen in the sport that can take over a game from the from the fifth or sixth inning onwards, and 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 and, and your opponent can't 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 lay a lick off of them, can't hit a lick off of them. You guys don't have that bullpen. You you don't. You don't have a bullpen that can come in and that can come in and get and, and get three, six, nine, twelve, twelve, fifteen consecutive outs without surrendering surrendering a run. You guys don't have that. What you do have it's a, is a pitcher that's pretty damn talented, that's pretty damn good, that can that can strike that that can get the best in the sport out. Outside of the Yankees, when he's playing in Yankee Stadium, which is a major problem for a team that has that has uh, that has got playoff aspirations, with Mike and the OC tweeting every five seconds throughout throughout uh, April and early to mid May, Angels going to the World Series, Angels versus Yankees ALCS. If it is Angels versus Yankees ALCS, it'll be a, it'll be a damn quick series. Damn quick series. Four get four games, four nights, and 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 see you next year. Stop calling them, stop babying them. It's taking you guys nowhere, but down to a losing abyss.
Shohei really wants to prove how great he is. And people who, 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 not me, but people that I that I hear from, people that I know, people that I talk to, want to sit here and say that Shohei is better than Babe Ruth, this, that, and the other? Prove it. You prove it. You know how you do it? You go out there and you pitch every, you take the ball every fifth day. If you want to hit the same time, it's fine. Take the ball every fifth day and you dominate. Not, not once every six days, not once a week. Now, once every 10 days, work the same schedule as every single regular starting pitch within the sport does. And then on top of it, when it comes to hitting, his season's been substandard in that regard as well, which also isn't helping. He's hitting in the 220s with runners to scoring position, as is Mike Trout, by the way who, as of recently, can't hit his way out of a paper bag if his life depended on it, has been downright, damn near, embarrassing for the quote-unquote best two players in the sport. And, all I, and, I, hear, and I hear GOAT, the, 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 the acronym GOAT, greatest of all time, mentioned in the same Frickin' sense as Mike Trout, are you kidding me? The temerity, the audacity, the blasphemy, and the unmitigated gall. Please, can Mike Trout win a damn postseason series first? Can he play and or win a World Series before we put him in the Hall of Fame? Please, greatness is about winning. Not just the personal accolades, but at the bare minimum, putting your teams in position to win championships. Even if you don't win anything, you got to at least put your team in a position where they have an opportunity, where they have a shot to be a champion. And I understand baseball is a little bit of a different story, but Mike Trout's not done that in his career with the Angels. And I also don't want to hear people, whether it's the fans or the media, cry Mike Trout a river and throw him a pity party. Well, poor Mike Trout never has a chance to play in the postseason when he had two opportunities to leave and he chose to stay. That's his right. That's his choice. But actions have consequences. We're free to do whatever we want, but we got to be damn sure we're ready and, and fully prepared to live with the consequences and to live with the aftermath of the choices that we make. And if the aftermath of the choice is that Mike Trout doesn't get the, you know, his uh, his 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 opportunities at playing uh, postseason baseball come few, few and far in between, he made his bed. He might as he's he's he might as well and better lay in it. And don't sit here and tell me, well, the Angels with the money, people would have would have would have thrown their franchises in, in into the toilet financially. To get Mike Trout on their baseball team. Contending teams. The Phillies would have thrown money at Mike Trout. Prior to when they got Harper. A few years ago. The Phillies. The Yankees. Shall I continue? And Joe Men. While you know, well, you know, Shohei was, was tipping his pitches. Bullcrap. Nonsense. 
Stop making excuses. Put your big boy pants up. Quit babying Shoei's a grown ass man and and throw him out there into the pack of wolves and let's see what he's got. It's enough. And I gotta hear Joe Madden after the game on Saturday talking about uh well well, you know, I'm concerned. I'm I'm con- I'm concerned if the if the streak will de- will uh, will derail the season. It's uh, it's hard to explain. We're on top of the world now. We're paddling upstream. You know why? And saying among other things, quote, uh, asking the media. While I'll, I'll ask you all a question, what should I be angry at? Who should I be angry at? They're busting their butts, playing hard. Our prep work is great. There's so many good things we're doing, except we're not winning. Oh, oh, good. Yeah, we're we're busting our butts. I don't know about you all, but I saw Mike Trout lag his ass on a on a on a routine single hit right in front of him. He took his sweet tits getting to the baseball, and the Yankee player that hit it ended up scurrying his way to 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 steal a base, made it all the way to second base on a routine single hit right in front of him. That's busting your butts. Give me a break. Who should I be angry at? Be angry at the whole damn team for losing 10 games in a row. If nothing else, be mad at the fact that you that that you guys have, have gotten your, your teeth punched in and back-to-back games by, by a team that just fired their freaking manager, for Christ's sakes. If nothing else, Joe... If nothing else, the Yankees, all they do is mash. I mean, just kicking ass and taking names, sadly, first place in the AL East. Aaron Judge, first player in the sport with over 20 home runs, hit another one Saturday afternoon against Detroit as the Yankees just keep on rolling, which uh, which is very interesting because you saw that because the way the Yankees came out the gate, you figure, oh, well, it's just, you know same same story different year with the Yankees you know just a repeat from the 2021 show that we saw last year, and then ever since really ever since they got they got uh, uh they got punched in the mouth by the Orioles on Holy Weekend Good Friday Passover and uh, Easter uh, Easter weekend back in April they've been a completely different baseball team they've had their hiccups and bumps in the roads here and there. Yankees playing good baseball, much to my chagrin. Um, you know, they could win 100 games, 105 games, 110, 117, 100, uh, 140. Done me the damn thing if the Yankees aren't at the bare minimum playing in the World Series. I don't care how many regular season games. I don't care if they can go 90 and 72 or go or go uh, 160 and uh, and, uh, and 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 and. And go 160 and two. I could care less. What matters with the Yankees is playing at the bare minimum, playing in a World Series. And if they don't, Boone deserves to be on the hot seat. I don't care how many games win the. I don't care if they win the division. I don't care how many games they win the division by. If they aren't in the World Series in four and a half, in about four months and two weeks time, Aaron Judge better 
get up out of there. If I'm if I'm thinking from a Yankee fan, he's got to get up out of there. Because anything short of a World Series for that franchise, especially when they haven't been since 2009, they haven't won since 2009, which is uh, which is 25, 30, 40 years in Yank in, in, in the, by Yankee standards, then heads need to roll. I don't care about what they do in the regular season. Irrelevant, not interested. We all know that the New York Yankees are a team built for 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 competitiveness and decent success come playoffs come come uh, from eight from April to September where the rubber meets the road is what they do in October that's when that's when the Yankees real battle test begins and that's when the when when the Yankees uh season really begins it's in October but they're playing good baseball as of late uh something that the uh that the LA Angels who stink uh, definitely cannot. Mike Trout dragging his ass in the outfield, can't hit his way off a paper bag. Shohei stinks on the mound, ain't too great at the plate either. Both of them stink hitting with runners in scoring position. Joe Madden's got his head head in the clouds, asking the media a question. Well, what should I be mad at when you lost ten games in a row to put yourself at twenty seven and twenty seven with your season literally hanging on by a thread? Yet there's no need to yell, scream panic or throw anything and uh and and what else oh by the way anthony rendon never plays i mean i swear to god i feels like i haven't seen anthony rendon play on a baseball field since game seven of the 2019 world series and he was a member of the nationals they the, the angels signed gave him a big fat juicy check during that offseason and he never plays never plays should have gotten the MVP in 2019. I'm an Anthony Rendon fan, but he doesn't play. Part of greatness is availability. And, and, and straight up and down, he, he just does not play for whatever the reason. Injured, nay, whatever. He, he, he doesn't show up to work. Anyway, that's our show. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Amatelicatelius podcast. If you're new to the program and you like what you heard, please follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatel underscore podcast and the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it T I is. It's your boy Jai Shields. Enjoy the baseball and enjoy game two of the NBA Finals. I will talk to you guys after game two on Tuesday. Y'all stay stay, y'all stay safe and y'all take care. See ya.